Hey everyone, Dave Therian here. Thank you for joining me today, New Hope Radio. Also to be heard on the Hope Club podcast. Check that out at a later date as well. Any place good podcasts are found. They're all over the place nowadays. We're in a series entitled Souped Up Christians. Oh yeah, that's a good one. Want to be souped up? Toy car, a jalopy. Go for the souped up. Now, today we have a principle involving faith. The souped up Christian lives and walks a certain way. The toy car Christian, eh, they go a different way. So we're going to answer the question today. Do you want the fleece or do you want the faith? What's another way of asking that? Ah, my phone's ringing. What's another way of asking it? I get phone calls on the radio too. Do you want the fleece or do you want the faith? How about, do you want to walk by sight? Or do you want to walk by faith? That's the one. Which way do you want to walk? Which way do you want to drive your car? That's the important thing right there. So I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you to answer the question, do you want to live by faith or by fleece? <laughs> 2 Corinthians 5.7, the Apostle Paul said, the just, that's the saved, shall walk by faith. Okay, that's a good heads up. Those that are saved, the just, will walk by faith. Then we get to the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, verse 6. Without faith, can't please God. Nope, ain't going to happen. Without faith, it's impossible possible to please God. Let me say it in French. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Okay? So, this is what we want to strive to do. We want to strive to live in faith. Go from the fleece to the faith. You say, what's he talking about, the fleece? All right. Good question. Judges chapter 6. We have an example of imperfect faith or what I call fleece faith. Perhaps this is the kind of faith that many Christians live in. But it's not a place you want to stay. No, not at all. You don't want to stay in this place. Okay? You want to move on from there. So, what's happening in Judges chapter 6? Israel had done evil in the sight of the Lord. God raised up the nation of Midian to discipline them. The Midianites raided their farms, and stole their livestock. The Israelites... Put this phone away. (laughs) Keeps ringing. I I usually don't have it with me in the studio, but today I do. The Israelites ran to the caves and the dens to hide in for protection. And they cried out to the Lord for help. And the Lord sent a prophet to the sons of Israel and told them, Hey, God delivered you from the slavery of Egypt, remember? He said in verse 10 of Judges 6, I am the Lord your God. You shall not fear the gods of the Amorites in whose land you live, but you have not obeyed me. Now remember that. You have not obeyed me. A little while later, the angel of the Lord, who could have been Jesus himself, he found this guy Gideon, basically hiding out in a cave, grinding his wheat underground. The Lord calls him, what? A valiant warrior. He's hiding out 
and the Lord calls him Valiant Warrior. And he told him, he said, Gideon, you're going to be the one to lead Israel against the Midianites. Well, how do you think Gideon responded to the call of God? Gideon did everything he could to talk the Lord out of this plan. <laughs> He's like, oh, no, man, you got the wrong guy. He said, my family is least in the tribe. And oh, yeah, I'm least in my family. <laughs> you don't get any lower than me. No, you don't want me. You don't want the runt of the litter to carry out this great responsibility. No. I heard a preacher say one time, God calls you, then fills you. He doesn't call you because you're filled with something good. No, he calls you and then he fills you with something good, his Holy Spirit. So let's pick it up in Judges chapter 6, verse 36. Then Gideon said to God, If you will deliver Israel through me as you have spoken, so now Gideon's going to give God a test. He said, Behold, I will put a fleece of wool on the threshing floor. If there is dew on the fleece only, and it is dry on the ground, then I will know that you will deliver Israel through me, as you have spoken. So I'm like, okay, Gideon is not perfectly believing, but at least he's believing God enough to talk to him. Okay? So, you know, are you like that? Do you you believe to a degree... You're not totally believing, but maybe enough to talk to God. Verse 38, So it was so. When he arose early in the morning, he squeezed the fleece and drained the dew from the fleece, and he filled a bowl of water. Wow! God honored his request. Gideon must have been thrilled. Like, yeah, I'm the man. God did that for me. I'm the man. Now I believe it. God is going to use me. I can't wait to get at it. No. Look at what happened. Then Gideon said to God, Oh, do not let your anger burn against me, that I may speak once more. Please let me make a test one more time with the fleece. Gideon wants more proof. He's going to give God another test. He said, Let it now be dry only on the fleece, and let there be dew on the ground. Oh, we got a reversal. First, let the fleece be wet, the ground be dry. Now, let the fleece be dry, and the ground be wet. And you know the great thing about God? He played the game. God did so that night. And it was dry only on the fleece, and dew was on the ground. God honored his request. Again, one writer said, His desire for a sign did not come from his lack of faith, but his weakness of the flesh. This leaves the believer anxious and despondent. You know, I think about that, right? Sometimes it's not that our faith isn't strong enough, or our faith is weak, that our flesh is too strong. You may have faith, but if your flesh is dominant, then you are in trouble mentally and emotionally. You think that's the problem with some folks? They've got faith 
but they've got flesh. And they let the flesh win. Wow. So now we have to ask ourselves, am I anything like Gideon? Do I live by faith or fleece? You know, when the religious crowd came to Jesus, they said to him, show us a sign. And they were always asking for a sign, right? As you read the Gospels, they always want another sign. And Jesus said, basically, you've had enough signs. No more signs. The next sign will be my resurrection after being three days in the grave, just like Jonah was three days in the belly of the fish. So think about it. If you are a fleece seeker, you'll always be looking for something else to tickle your emotions. Another sign, another miracle, another work of God. You know, there are denominations today built on this very thing, signs and wonders. There are churches, they have it on their sign outside. They have a sign on their sign. Signs and wonders. The Church of Miracles. I don't believe this is the level God wants your faith to be at. I call that fleece faith. So how do you want to live? Do you want to live with real faith? Or do you want to live with fleece faith, always needing a sign? Fleece faith says, show me a sign, and then I'll be convinced. Oh, but wait a minute. Show me another one. And another one. And another one. You know what real faith says? Whatever you say, God, that's good enough for me. If you say it, I believe it, that settles it. That's real faith. Fleece faith caters to the emotions. Faith, real faith, trusts God at his word. That's what it does. When everything else says something contrary, you stick with the Scriptures. That's what we have to do. The canon of Scripture. It's our rule of life. It's the inspired Word of God, right? In the beginning was the Word. That's how John opens up his Gospel. John 1, verse 1. In the beginning, way back in eternity past, was the Word. And then the Word became flesh. In verse 14. But you see, oh, Jesus is the Word of God. So, when you're satisfied with the Word of God, you're satisfied with Christ. You've got the miracle worker, not the miracle. You've got the sign giver, not the sign. You see? Which one do you want? So, you've got, the Word has always been preeminent, because it is Christ. Paul said in Romans 10.8 that the Word is in your heart. It's right inside of you. It's in your heart. You know, it's, it's, it's not something that is elusive. It's right there. Peter said, the Word of the Lord, I like this one, endures forever. It endures. It's long-lasting. It holds up under every test. Every test. You know what God wants us to do, I believe? Abide in His Word. Utilize His Word in every situation. You get a conflict with a person, 
Utilize his word. What does his word say? Not your flesh. You're struggling financially. What does his word say? Not your flesh. You got low self-worth. What does his word say? Not your flesh. See, the word is our stabilizer. It is. And, and, and the word, you know what it does? It produces faith. Faith comes by hearing the word of God, right? The fleece. The fleece, fleece faith is always looking for more proof. Another sign, another miracle. God, jump through these hoops and then I'll believe. Time after time after time. The religious crowd in the days of Jesus, they knew the Old Testament. And yet, what sign do you show us that we would believe? That's what they would always say to Jesus. He'd say, I gave you signs. Well, give us another one. How many signs does a fleece faith believer need? Just one more. And just one more. And just one more. That's how many. So you see, you can be a fleece faith believer, always looking for something to tickle your emotions, or you can just believe the Word of God. Have real faith. And let that real faith stabilize you, motivate you, comfort you, inspire you, do all the things that real faith does. And you know, like I said, right, faith comes from hearing the Word of God, right? You know, at the end of my programs, I talk about joining the Hope Club and getting the Hope Club devotionals. Um, I'm going to play today's. I I listened to today's, and I kind of liked it. Not because I did it. I liked what it said. And this whole week long in the Hope Club, we're talking about some of the warnings that Jesus gave about the end times. And this one today is very special because he, he tells us, listen, it's coming and I want you to be alert. What does that mean? Well, let's listen to today's devotional in the Hope Club. This week in the Hope Club, we're looking at some of the warnings that Jesus gave regarding future events. Today we're going to see that he continues with the thought of his return and what it's going to be like on the earth when he comes back as far as people's minds goes. He said, the coming of the Son of Man in Matthew 24, in verse 37, the coming of the Son of Man will be just like the days of Noah. Now, what was it like in the days of Noah? Well, he explains. He said, in those days, which were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying, giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered the ark. In other words, life went on. People were just going through life, not a care in the world, not really thinking about spiritual things, just thinking about pleasurable things. That was it. What was on the menu for them was pleasure. And and he said, they did not understand until the flood came and took them all away. They didn't understand that being pleasure-oriented was a dangerous thing. Now, pleasure is good. We need pleasure in life. But we're not to be pleasure-oriented. Well, that's the main thing about our lives. 
He says, because once the flood came, then they understood, and it swept them all away. In other words, it was too late. And so shall the coming of the Son of Man be, Jesus said. He said, when he comes, when he returns, it's going to be too late. It's going to be too late for those who said no to him. The opportunity has gone. And then he gives an example. He said, there'll be two men in the field. One will be taken and one will be left. Oh. At the return of Christ, one person is two guys working side by side. One's taken out of the field. The other one's left in the field. Two women will be grinding at the mill, working side by side. One will be taken. The other one left. Now, wait a minute. Who was taken and where do they go? Well, this is the end of the age. So, the ones that were taken were the non-believers. And they were removed from the earth. And the ones that were left were those that got saved in the Great Tribulation. And Jesus comes back to establish his thousand-year millennial reign. That's what he does. So what does he do? He removes the unbelievers and he ushers the believers into the new kingdom. Again, this is not about us. We're already in heaven. We're coming back with him. This is for those that did get saved finally in that seven-year period of the Great Tribulation. So then Jesus, he, he kind of wraps up this little mini-sermon. And he said, Therefore, be on the alert, for you do not know which day your Lord is coming. You don't know. Be on the alert. That's what he's saying. Here's a warning to be alert. Right? Monday, be prepared. Wednesday, be ready. Thursday, be alert. Alert is like an intensified ready. It's ready on steroids. You're ready to go. You're all tensed up. It's like a cat. It's ready to jump. Ready to make the move. Be ready to make the move. Again, for us, it's the rapture. Be on your alert. The rapture could come at any moment. We could end this devotional and boom, you're going up. Going to be with the Lord. Nothing else has to happen. It's imminent. It could happen at any moment. And Jesus gives an example. Guy breaks into his house. Guy breaks into somebody's house and robs the house. If the owner of the house knew the thief was coming, he would have been there waiting for him and the guy wouldn't rob the house. But he didn't know when the thief was coming. Jesus says, my coming is going to be like that. You're not going to know. I'm going to come like a thief in the night. You're going to come when it's least expected. That's why you've got to be alert. That's one of the qualities of being a Christian today. Being alert. We have many fine qualities. Kindness, love, generosity, servanthood, caring, compassion. But let's not leave out alert. Okay? The one eye on the earth, the one eye on heaven. 
We are not living like people in the days of Noah. Complete pleasure seekers. That's what they were. And they didn't understand until it was too late. We understand right now. And we want to live in that understanding. We do it by being on the alert that Jesus would come and take his bride home right now in the rapture at any moment. Be prepared, be ready, and be alert. Well, you know, see, that's the whole club devotional. I like starting my day off with those because it kind of tunes me for the day. And Tuesday, what we do is we bring you a Tuesday challenge where we offer a simple challenge to apply the principle of the week. And whatever the theme is for the week, okay, now let's do it. And that's what we do. So get a devotional in your email box Monday through Friday. Support New Hope Radio with $3 a week. Just go to newhoperadio.live. Click the menu bar, then you'll see how to join. They'll say join New Hope, uh, the Hope Club. Fill out the info, and you'll be in. You'll be in like Flint. Okay. And the topics we bring you, they're very, very practical as well as spiritual, and they do prepare you for the day. And you can listen at night and have sweet dreams also. Again, what are we doing? Building our faith. We're building our faith. When you're hearing the devotionals, when you're listening to Christian radio, when you're sitting in church, you're building your faith. But there has to be application. It's not just head knowledge. There has to be an application of what we're learning. Okay? So keep that in mind. That's why today, I think, the topic today with with Gideon, fleece faith, or real faith, I think fleece faith is very common today. People are always looking for the next new thing. They're not satisfied with just growing in the Word of God. They gotta have more. They gotta have, and you know, I'm, I'm for other things, but that's not the foundation. You know, the foundation is not the miracles and the sun. Does God do miracles? Yes, He does. Does God give signs? Yes, He does. God does awesome things because He's awesome. But that's not the foundation. The foundation it's the scriptures. In the beginning was the Word. The Word is Christ. So it's all about Him. This is where we have to keep our focus on the Lord Jesus. Back in the days of Noah, they didn't care about the things of God. They were into pleasure, as I said. And then when the rains came and the yacht was closed, it was too late. They couldn't get in. They couldn't get in. And Jesus said, when I come back, it's going to be like that for the world. We'll be going in the rapture. We're coming back with him. But once he shows up, it's going to be too late. All the pleasure seekers, all those that worship fun rather than God, they're going to be removed and sent to a place of torments, awaiting the judgment of the great white throne. Not a happy time. Not a, not something we want to see. We don't want to see that for anybody. No, we don't. That's why we want to build our faith so our faith can shine. You never know who's watching that will get encouragement from your life. They see you with your struggles. 
but they know you have faith in God. They see you in the midst of your trials and tribulations, and your faith doesn't waver. You don't doubt God because you have trials. You draw closer to God because you have trials. You don't jump ship because you're in the storm. You hang on, and you know that Jesus is the captain, and he's going to steer that ship, and he'll get you safely through. See, the, the, the difficulties of life are opportunities to demonstrate our faith. That's why God sends them. It's a time of faith demonstration. So others can see, you know what? Faith is real. Oh, yeah. Faith is real. It's not this witchcraft. It's not this mumbo-jumbo. It's not a wish or desire or any kind of magic. It's real. Faith is a substance. The Bible tells us that. It's a substance. It's something we can grab onto. That's why you hold on to your faith. That's what you do. And you utilize that faith. Now, because we're talking about souped-up Christians, and when a Christian develops their faith and they become really souped up, you know what we're going to see tomorrow? They become beautiful. Beautiful. A souped-up Christian is a beautiful person, just like a souped-up car. It's a beautiful car. Oh, yeah. If you like cars, you see a souped-up car, if you're a motorhead, you go, oh, that's a beauty. Oh, yeah. Well, so it is with the people of God. You get souped up for God and you build your faith, you become beautiful. And that's exactly what you want to be. Beautiful in the eyes of the Lord and beautiful for the Lord. Oh, I'm psyched about that one. I'm going to do it right now. <laughs> hey, listen, you can get these messages again on the Hope Club podcast. You can find them on our website at newhopecc.tv, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, any place podcasts are found. The Hope Club podcast. That's all you need to type in. Listen on the way to work. Listen on the way home. It's a great way to spend a half hour. 28 minutes to be exact. Build that faith. That's what we're doing, right? We're building our faith. So we can be souped up. We can be beautiful. Oh, yeah. That's exactly what we're looking for. You know what that means? That we are like Christ. Thanks for coming along today. Join the Hope Club. I'll see you next time. More of New Hope Radio.